Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome back to Principles with Corey and Logan. And today we are talking about greatness. We are talking about greatness and excellence in everything you do. So actually, I came up with this teaching. Uh, one of the companies I work with, they were doing a retreat. They invited me to their retreat. And um, the leader of their team said, hey, you know, our theme is greatness. And they sent me this podcast by John Maxwell and said, we really like some of the things John says in here. And maybe you can touch on some of this. And in that podcast, John actually spoke on he used three words. He used the word success. He used the word significance and he used the word greatness. And I loved his definition of those three terms. So he used that and kind of uh, built off this training based off of that uh, podcast. And I want to share with you guys some of the things that we talked about in that training. But before we jump in, I wanted to share with you John's definition of success significance and greatness. And before I share that with you, I want you to just kind of mentally for yourself, how would you personally define success? Like what does success look like in your opinion? When you think about the word success, it is very subjective. But for you, if you could put language to it, how would you define that? And I know for me, when I think about success, it, it is very personal. It, it's, it's much more about what I can do. And then as you think about the word significance, how would you define that? Do you feel like it's the same thing? Are they on the same level or is one better than the other? Or just how would you define that? And then the word greatness, what comes to mind when you think about the word greatness? I, I think about the goat, right? The greatest of all times. But when, when you think about those three definitions, those three words, how do you define them? Here's how the way John defines them. I just love the way he defines them. He says, success is how well I've done for me. It's how well I've done for myself. And then as, as you think about the word significance, significance is actually how well I've done for myself and others. It goes beyond me, extends beyond myself. But I love his definition of greatness. And here's how he defines greatness. Greatness is how well I inspire others to do well for themselves and others. Man, that is good, good stuff. It's like, you know, it's got a very generational tone to it. It's like, you know, if you're in an organization, it's that third and fourth level deep that's doing good because you chose to live life in a certain way that it inspired that next level, that second level, who, who inspired the next level in a family, it's the third and fourth generation that is, that is doing well because you chose to live life in a certain kind of way and it inspired or maybe it awakened another generation. I love that, right? Think about, I live here in Tupelo, Mississippi, but you think about your community. What would it look like if, if the third and fourth generations or those living in your community we're better off in 2088 because of the decisions you made in 2022 that it inspired an entire generation. Jim Collins, he wrote a book called Good to Great. It's uh, very well known in the, the business circles, but he, he makes this statement in there. He said, greatness is not a function of circumstance. 
Greatness, it turns out, is largely a matter of conscious choice. See, greatness is not not by circumstance. It doesn't just happen, uh, but it happens by consciously choosing to be great. I choose to be great. It's personally deciding to do everything you do in a way of excellence. And when I think about excellence, I actually think about what what immediately comes to my mind is uh, back in the day, there was this king, right? There's this king. And uh, this king, he was, he was known for his wisdom and his wealth. And all these other kings and these queens would come to him because of his fame and his fortune. And this one day, this queen, she says, you know what? I, I done heard about this dude. I done heard about this guy. I want to come check this guy out. <laughs> Her name's the Queen of Sheba, and she's going to check out King Solomon. And it says that she asked him all these hard questions, but nothing was too difficult for him. But it wasn't until she goes into the banquet hall and she notices the way that the banquet hall is laid out. She she notices the details of the way things are laid out. She notices the way the servants are dressed and notices the way they carry themselves. And it wasn't until she saw the excellence in the small things, excellence in the detail that it says it caused the queen to catch her breath, right? It caused the queen to lose her breath to lose her breath, to gasp and say, now I know not even half has been told to me. It's excellence in the small things, but it's choosing to live life in a certain kind of way that it inspires others to do well for themselves and others. I came across this. um, He was a, it was a, um, they did this study uh, is a while back. They actually did the study twice. And what they did was they studied these two family lines. They studied the life of Jonathan Edwards and the, the life of Max Jukes. So Jonathan Edwards and Max Jukes, both of them were contemporaries of one another. They lived in the United States. They both lived in New York at the same time, right? So same time, two totally different um, people. One was if you know anything about Jonathan Edwards, he was a, a, a very um, upright man, uh, very, uh, very influential man who chose to live life with a certain kind of character that inspired other people. Max Jukes, on the other hand, was on the opposite end, chose to live um, a life of a, a rebellious person, to, to live a life of um, just total disregard for other people. And what they did was they studied not only them, but they studied their generations. Now, I found this really interesting. I want you to I want you to listen into this as I read this off to you. So, they lived in the same place at the same time frame. Two totally different personalities. I want you to see what uh, they found as they studied the genealogies or studied the generations that followed. From Jonathan Edwards' family, he married a lady of the same kind of character as him, and from this union, men have studied. 729 descendants. Of this number came 300 pastors, 65 college professors, 13 university presidents, 60 authors of good books, three U.S. congressmen, and one vice president of the United States, and the family cost the state zero dollars. No money, right? Max Jukes, on the other hand, married a lady of the same kind of character as him. From this union, men have studied 1,026 descendants, 300 of those died prematurely. 
100 were sent to the penitentiary for an average of 13 years each. 190 were public prostitutes. There were 100 drunkards, and the family cost the state $1.2 million. And then this is the, the, the last line of this that I read. They made no helpful contribution to society. Wow. Man, that's a... I, I just don't even like that phrase. They made no helpful contribution to society. Greatness is choosing to live life in a certain kind of way that it inspires other people to do well for themselves and for others. See, there's a certain kind of greatness. When you choose to live a great life, there's a certain way you begin to think. And first off, you start to think in possibilities, not impossibilities, but in possibilities. And I, I really want, as you listen to this or you watch on YouTube, I want to challenge you to explore what's actually possible in your lifetime. And, and what I found is most people would just accept someone else's idea of what's possible for themselves. I love uh, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> he said impossible is not a fact. It's only an opinion, right? It's just somebody else's opinion. Great people see, they see a challenge and they say, if it were possible, how would it be possible? They put a how in front of the can I, how can I create this? It, it, it triggers the creative use of our imagination. Great people also think win-win. Y'all, I've never read about, I've never studied, I've never met somebody truly great that has a win-lose mindset. Great people don't have a win-lose mindset. Now, I do think you can be successful and have a win-lose mindset, right? Because remember what the definition of success is, it's how well I've done for me. I believe you can be successful and have a win-lose mindset, but you can't be truly great. Uh, truly great people, they don't think win-lose, they think win-win. Your success or you being great does not take away from me being great. Think about what you personally tend to, you know, if you have a desire to lead others, you got to think win-win. Honestly, I think it's a sign of maturity and leadership when you start to think like this. It's a sign of maturity and a sign of being secure in your leadership. It's only when you are secure in your ability to lead that you begin to empower other people well. When I'm insecure in my leadership, I won't, I'll hoard information. I won't, um, I won't position people well. I won't do the things necessary to equip and to empower and, and provide the tools and resources because I want to be needed and I'm insecure and I'm afraid you may outdo me. But when I am secure in my leadership, I begin to lead you well. And, and, and if you're okay with my language right here, I, as a leader, I want us to make this shift to having a fathering and mothering mindset, a win-win mindset. So, you know, we've got three kids and our kids, I'll go out there and play with them. I'll compete with them, but I won't compete against them. I'll compete with them to make them better, but I'm not going to intentionally compete against them to hold them back to prop myself up. And there's too many people in leadership with that kind of mindset. The mindset we've got to shift to is a fathering and mothering mindset where I'm securing my leadership I want you to succeed, but I'm also going to succeed as well. And you doing great things does not take away from me and do, me doing great things. So great leaders 
think win-win. They also think in abundance. I tell you what, those that think scarcity, they're not only holding themselves back, but they also live in a state of fear and stress, and they hold their, their teams back as well, and the individuals on their team. Y'all, there ain't no lack. <laughs> there is no lack. If you think there is, I just want you to go outside. If you think there's lack, just go outside and try to count, count the leaves on one branch of one tree. Go, go out and stand in some grass and try to try to count the blades of grass just there at your feet, right? Great people think in abundance, not scarcity. I think they're great people. They're also, there's a way that they, they prepare themselves. They are continually preparing themselves. The people who never become great, they have this mindset of I'll wait until I'll wait until I get a position to start learning about leadership. I'll wait until it comes time uh, that I'll begin reading the books. I'll, I'll wait until to develop myself. I'll wait until I get a secure job and then I'll start spending time with my kids. I'll wait until I get more money before I start being generous. And, and I just want you to know, I'll wait until is not a strategy for success. Uh, John Maxwell, he says, why wait for something to happen before you make something happen? Why not make something happen so you ensure something happens? Taking action. You prepare now. You become. It's in the becoming, becoming, that whenever the opportunity comes, you are prepared, right? Say, I want you to be good at what you do. I really do, but I want you to be great at who you are. Skills will get you into the room, but it's character that will keep you there. It's in the process, in the process. We talked about that in one of the other uh, podcasts. We talked about uh, from the pit to the palace, there's a process. And we looked at the life of Joseph there, but I had a mentor. Uh, he used to say, Corey, if you show me your date book and your checkbook, I can tell you what you truly value, but I also will be able to tell you where you'll be one year from now. Think about that. Your date book and your checkbook, what you truly value and where you spend your time at. If I, if, if I were a fly on your wall and if I spent, uh, spent time with you just following you around over the last 365 days, where would I say you would be one year from now? What would I say you truly value? Your date book and your checkbook will tell you what you truly value and where you'll be a year from now. They're great people. They also have a way that they go about their work. They, they work passionately, not passively, but they work passionately. John says, be so consumed with passion that you don't see obstacles, but opportunity. People of passion, they stand out. People, you know, when you're passionate about something, people, it's attractive. People are drawn to that. I believe great people, they also work smart. They stay in their strength zones. I, I often, whenever I work with teams, I'll, I just kind of ask, like, you know, there's this thought, do you, do you focus on your strengths? Do you focus on your weaknesses? Do, do I spend time focused on my weaknesses and improving those or my strengths? And I'll just tell you where I land out on this. And this is buffet line. If you like it, put it on your tray. If you don't, leave it on the buffet line. But this is where I land out on this. And it is focusing on your strengths, not, not your weaknesses. You're not good at them. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. If, if on a scale of one to 10, um, I'm a two 
whenever it comes to administrative work. Let's just say that administrative work. I'm a two and and I want to improve that weakness. I go to the courses, the seminars, the webinars. I spend time and I really spend my time to improve that weakness. Over time, I can see that weakness go to a two to maybe a five, maybe a six. But a five and a six is average. People don't pay for average. They will if there's not a better alternative, but people don't talk about average. You don't, you don't go to a average restaurant and get you an average steak and then go tell all your friends about the average steak at the average restaurant you ate at. People pay for exceptional. People pay for excellence. And, and so let's say, let's say I'm a six whenever it comes to communicating. And I do the same thing, right? I try to improve that strength. I go to the courses, the seminars, the webinars. And over time, I can see that six, maybe go to an eight, maybe even a nine. And and now we're talking world-class, right? People gladly pay for excellence. People deserve excellence. So I think people who, of greatness, they work smart. They stay in their strength zones. They're often out of their comfort zones. They're stretching and growing, but they're never out of their strength zones. I also tell you what I think makes great leaders. They are in their strength zones, but then they also position other people people, the people they lead in their areas of strengths. I think one of the worst things you can do as a leader is take a talented and gifted person and position them poorly. It not only hurts them, but it hurts our teams as well. So there's another way that great people work, and that's beyond expectations. You know, most people simply do just enough to get by. Most people work just enough not to not to get fired and not to get let go. Most people do just enough to meet expectations. But if you're going to be truly great, you got to exceed expectations. Constantly looking for ways to exceed expectations. So I, I work with a lot of teams, a lot of companies, and right now uh, I would say most of them are are having the same kind of issue, and that's getting people to show up getting people to make the commitment to be in there, to be a part of the team, to show up to work. And then sometimes when they show up to work, they don't have a good attitude, right? They don't, don't have a, a good attitude for or towards their customers. And um, I've got a friend, they create AI and automate type things. And they're, they're replacing people with robots, right? They're, they're putting robots in the place of people. And I, I can remember I was having this conversation with my wife. I was saying, you know, if some of these teams, if they keep having issues with people actually showing up or when they show up, they have a bad attitude. I mean, leadership is going to be forced to replace people with robots, right? They don't have any other option. And uh, I didn't realize it, but our daughter, she was sitting there listening. And uh, I guess it was the next day we were going to soccer and she wanted something to eat. So I dropped her son off. And I was taking her to a fast food restaurant that was not Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and we, we drive there and we park and we're going to go in. I had no idea the inside was closed. But as we were walking towards the inside, the lady from the drive through uh, line, uh, the worker through the drive through line, she yelled out, hey, the inside's closed. You got to go around. And uh, I laughed and I turned and was walking back to the car and my daughter, uh, she's eight. She looked up at me. She said, hmm, she's going to get replaced by one of them robots and Chick-fil-A is going to get all the people. So 
uh, I, I kind of laugh, but we want to be men and women who not only meet expectations, but exceed expectation. That's greatness right there is inspiring. Your, your actions will inspire other people. You choosing to live beyond expectations will inspire others to do the same thing. And what will happen is you'll see a generation awaken who will awaken another generation, right? Greatness is how will I inspire others to do well for themselves and for others. And, and I'll just say it right here. One other thing is on a consistent basis. See, anybody can be great one time. Anybody can show up and deliver one time. Truly great is exceeding expectation over a lifetime consistently showing up, consistently exceeding expectations, consistently doing it day in and day out. All right, last, last piece on this that I thought of, you know, as, as, as you think about choosing to live life in a great way, there's a certain way you can live that truly inspires other people. And I, I think also great people, they live with humility and and what humility is, it's not thinking less of myself. It's not saying, oh, woe is me. Oh, poor is me. Humility is, is not thinking less of myself, but thinking of myself less. It, it, it's understanding that I am a person of value, and so are you. Greatness is living with humility. Humility saying that I have these gifts, talents, and abilities that have been given to me. And if I don't steward well these gifts that I've been given, it is rebellion against the gifts that God has freely given to me. So I use these gifts not to serve my purposes, but the purposes that to serve other people and to bring glory to God. It's, God is glorified when I take the gifts that he has given to me and I serve other people right? I use my strengths, my best of my abilities, and I add value to people because I'm a person of value and so are they. They are people of value as well. Greatness also lives with integrity. People have to know that you can be trustworthy. You never want to leave anybody with a question mark of your integrity. Every single interaction, you should always leave people with a sense of increase, People are, you know, people are like elevators. Some people will lift you up and some people will pull you down. We want to be a lifter of people. When people leave your presence, they should leave with something deposited into them. Their spirit is uplifted by being in your presence, living a life of integrity where our words and our actions line up. And when people call you and say you say that you are not a person of integrity, they don't have any evidence. They ain't got no evidence. The last one I think of when I think about people who, who live great lives, they live generously. I, I don't think I've ever read about or met anybody truly great who is not generous. I do believe you can be successful. Again, remember, success is how well I've done for me. So I think you can, you can be stingy and be successful, but I don't think you can be great and be stingy. Great people, they live generously. They give it their time, their talent, and their treasure. They live generous lives. And, and I think whenever we don't live generously, if, if you want to be successful, that's fine. Where's just you. But if you want to, if you build a business based off of your success, the business won't last. If you try to build a family where it's based on success, on how well you do, then it won't last. Greatness, greatness, the true measure of a leader is how, how the people are, how the organization is, how the, how the family line is after they're gone.
that's the true measure of, of a great leader. So I got two questions for you. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be known for? Like, uh, I love quotes. My wife gave me a, a quote the other day, and it goes something like this. You know, when you pass away and you die, your, your friends and your family, they're going to be celebrating your life, and they're going to give you this tombstone. And on this tombstone, there's going to be two dates. And there's, then there's going to be this little dash right between those two dates. And all that really matters is that little dash. That's the impact that you've made the imprint, your thumbprint that you've made on the lives of other people. So what do you want to be known for? What do you want that dash to represent? And then our second question to you is, what are you known for? Hmm. What are you known for? Right now, how would people describe you? What are you known for? So our, most of you that have been listening for a while, you know my background. Uh, what I do now is leadership training development. I, I develop leaders and transform culture. But before that, uh, I was an entrepreneur. Well, still entrepreneur, but we, we had physical therapy clinics and gyms. And um, we were in a small town. And I, I walked into this restaurant one day. And as I walked in, somebody across the way said, ooh, it's the gym guy. And this smile just kind of spread across my heart and the smile spread, spread across my face. And I was like, oh, yeah, the gym guy. I like that. I like that. We get our food, we eat, and we get back out into the car. And I'm pulling out. And I still got a smile on my face. And my wife's beside me. And she's looking at me. I don't know if you guys have had this where you just feel somebody looking at you, right? They just looking at you. So I, I kind of I look over at her and I was like, what? what is it? And she's got this look, look of intent, right? She's like the gym guy. Really? Is that really what you want to be known for is the gym guy? And you talk about a gut punch, right? I don't mean the gym guy much more than the gym guy. So what do you want to be known for? What are you known for? And if they're the not, if they're not the same, Hey, one needs to change, right? We, we want awareness. Awareness is what we're looking for. We're not looking for shame and guilt and condemnation or anything like that. We're, we're looking to become aware. It's only once something is revealed and we're aware of it that we can do something about it. So, hey, I want to encourage you to live great lives, to live out greatness is within you. Leave your doggone mark. I like that. Hey, I hope today has added value to you. Make sure you like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with any of the upcoming episodes of Principles with Corey and Logan. Would love to hear some of your feedback, some of your comments. Uh, feel free to comment below. Feel free to share with a friend if this has added value to you. Um, get the word out. So, hey, appreciate you guys. Hope you have an awesome, awesome rest of the day. And God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself, as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And hey, we value your feedback and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?